Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, September the 21st. Millennium Development Goal 4, or MDG 4, has the target of reducing under-five child mortality by two-thirds by the year 2015. This week's issue of The Lancet, dated September the 22nd to the 28th, contains two important papers relating to MDG4. Encouraging news from Kenya about the increasing uptake of insecticide-treated bed nets to prevent malaria and reduce under-five child mortality. More of that in a moment. But also a sobering analysis on MDG4 from Chris Murray from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation at the University of Washington in Seattle, USA and colleagues. They comment on how progress on MDG4 is too slow and forecast that under-five child mortality worldwide will only reduce by 27% by 2015 rather than the target of 67%. Linked to this is a strongly worded editorial in which The Lancet is critical of two multinational technical organisations, the World Health Organisation and UNICEF in the way they have preempted publication in the peer-reviewed scientific literature to rush out press releases prior to publication of these important studies published in The Lancet this week. Also in this week's issue, we continue the Mental Health series and the Energy and Health series, which we profiled in previous week's podcasts. We also publish a review, published online a couple of weeks ago, highlighting how important it is to take account of stress as an independent risk factor for negative cardiac outcomes. But back to our main feature, encouraging news from Kenya about the increasing uptake of insecticide bed nets for preventing malaria and its potential impact on reducing under-five child mortality. Earlier, I spoke to the lead author of the study, Dr. Greg Fagan, from the Kemri Wellcome Trust Laboratory in Kenya. Greg Fagan, before we talk about the current study in detail, can you just clarify what research has told us about the efficacy of insecticide-treated bed nets for malaria prevention? The use of bed nets and studies thereof, if we look at studies published in in The Lancet, go back to sort of 86 and David Bradley, showing how bed nets have actually prevent infection with malaria. And then if we, we go forward from there to Pedro Alonso's paper in 91, which looked at the efficacy under a trial of bed nets, which showed a, a marked mortality benefit. This was then confirmed by Umberto D'Alessandro's paper in 95, looking at the effectiveness on, on a national scale of a, a national bed net program. The most recent one prior to this current paper is Joe Armstrong Schellenberg's worker in Tanzania where in 2000, publishing Lancet in 2001, where they showed that using a social marketing approach that they had similar mortality benefits. Again, looking at program effectiveness rather than efficacy trials per se, I would say is that there's been fairly limited data prior to this study on, on effectiveness of national programs. And I think what this adds to the body of knowledge is an effectiveness study rather than an efficacy trial of a national program. It also shows the capacity of public health to deliver an impregnated, treated net program. The point of this study, was it to show over a longer-term follow-up to test the effectiveness of bed net use on under-five child mortality? Not really. The, the, the major point of the initial study, and this is shown up uh, particularly in the paper that should be read in, accompanied with this by colleague Noorin Post Medicine, was to look at sort of the coverage change with different of bed net provision scenarios that were being rolled out in the country over, over time from 2002 onwards. The sort of study design 
it's in the four districts, in these four districts are chosen to represent the sort of varying malaria ecologies within the country. They form the sort of test bed for the Division of Malaria Control in the Ministry of Health to look at various malaria programs or anti-malarial programs to see how they perform in different malaria transmission ecologies. Can you comment in a bit more detail about the differences between the four regions that you chose for this study? These are chosen in conjunction with the Ministry of Health and they chose to, to as I said, to show the different transmission plans. So Bondo, if we start from the west, come towards where I am on the coast and in the east, if, if we start from Bondo, which is close to Lake Victoria, that's a, they have a perennial high-intensity transmission there. Next to there, coming east, we have Kisigucha. Kisigucha is in the western highlands, which tends to have low transmission but seasonal transmission. Then coming further east, just uh, uh, not far from Nairobi, but towards, a bit more towards the coast, we have Makweni, which is sort of semi-arid and it has very seasonal and very low transmission. And then on the coast, down below, where, uh, south from where I am in Kalifi, in Kuala district, we have uh, intense high transmission but very seasonal. And commenting on the study methodology here, can you just outline the, you know, the, the study period we're looking at here and also how the uptake of bed nets increased during the study? I think that's important, isn't it? Essentially, the study is a, it's a, a longitudinal follow-up of a cohort of households in children within them. What was done was, uh, in 2004, a, a baseline survey was done where within each of the four districts 18 clusters were were randomly picked in all households in them and enumerated each household member was uh, given a unique identifier to get at mortality measures we we did a, a full birth history of all women within the fecund ages of 15 to 49 what we did was go back to the exact same households roughly a year later, so again in 2005, end of 2005, beginning of 2006, end of 2006, beginning of 2007. But we're essentially following the same households over time. Within that time frame, there was also, in 2004, the, the majority distribution of nets was uh, via the private sector uh, using a social marketing approach. At 2004, at the baseline, we saw 7% coverage of, of children under five. In 2005, there had been a transition towards more heavily subsidized but still socially marketed net distribution through health centers that saw a rise in coverage in this, in this target population to about 24%. However, in 2006, particularly during July 2006 and then again in September 2006, following successful funding from the Global Fund, there was mass free distribution of nets, which resulted in a coverage figure of about 67% overall. So we see this trend in going from commercial but socially marketed nets in 2004 with 7% coverage, uh, highly subsidized socially marketed nets with in 2005 going to coverage of about 24% and then topped up with free mass distribution in 2006 in two phases, one in July and one in late September. It resulted in coverage of 67%. What did you find in terms of the under five mortality data? What we saw overall, if we look at the two years combined, we see, we see a protective efficacy of about 44%. Now, this is in line with all the previous studies that have gone on, both trials and the one effectiveness study by D'Alessandro in, in the Gambia. 
the thing that I think is important to put this in, in, in the context is, say, in the D'Alessandro paper in the Gambia, once they introduced a cost recovery mechanism, so they went from sort of free to pay something, that, that efficacy disappeared. What I think this paper shows and what this study shows is that, one, public health can deliver, and, can, and not only can it deliver, but we can show the donors that you get mortality benefit from doing this. There is a bit of a paradox, though, isn't there, in your findings? Although you, you report this 44% mortality reduction for bednet users compared with non-users, if you look at the whole child population, not just where you were studying, there was no overall decline in mortality, was there? Yeah, this is, this is something that, that was of, of interest and of concern. And what we saw and what we looked at was to try and... How, how could this be? We, we were puzzled by this. So what we looked at was rainfall patterns. And what, what you see in, in all the four areas is that if you look at the, the, rain, the aggregated rainfall patterns for 2003 and 2004, and then compare that to 2005, 2005 was a drought in comparison in all four districts. Then go on to 2006, and there was an absolute deluge. For example, in Kuala District, the district in, on the coast, there was a five-fold increase in rain from 2005 to 2006. So we think a lot of it's to do with, with rainfall, which obviously feeds into malaria transmission. However, it's not just transmission. There's also the, the, the question of, of when you got flooding like that, and there, there was flooding in 2006. You also got problems of getting access to treatment for other things. And in terms of controlling for possible confounding factors, as I said, you report this 44% mortality reduction uh, among bednet users compared with non-users. Presumably there could be many other factors that could play a part in this setting that could have an influence on mortality. So how did you control for those? But bear in mind that within the confines of this study, and, and given that the, uh, the primary aim was to look at just coverage of nets, we, we, we couldn't ask detailed questions on, say, treatment-seeking behaviour and things like that. However, we did look at and measure known predictors of child mortality like mother's education, the wealth of the family, distance to a facility, and also we took account of the different mortality uh, rates in different children of different ages. The one thing that we have done, that we report on, uh, but it's still unpublished data, is the question of could this be due to ACT, artemisinin-containing therapies, being widespread and we looked at that in this same sort of test bed that the Ministry of Health uses in these four districts and found very negligible amounts of usage and I think the study was in August 2006. We've controlled for what we could uh, but obviously things like HIV status, other other health statuses, we, we, we don't have a handle on. We, we couldn't do it within this, uh, the confines of this study. To sum up, you must be very encouraged by these results. Yes, we, we we think what this shows in the long, the long story of, of, of bednet rollout is that free mass distribution has a major role to play within getting up to levels of coverage that the uh, Millennium Development Goals require. However, we, we, we do believe that it's not one size fits all and, and we, we believe there's a role for also for social marketing and, and, uh, other, and, and the commercial sector per se to, to, to play. However, we, we are very keen that, that free mass distribution, in line with, say, uh, the Chris Curtis and Jeffrey Sachs of recent opinion in, in Lancet point to, is, is key to achieving some of the MDGs.
Dr. Fagan on the line from Kenya. Thanks very much for talking to The Lancet. Thanks. Dr. Greg Fagan concluding this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.